welcome to the Executive Security Podcast, where we talk to CISOs and other leaders in cybersecurity about careers in this industry, specifically how to get into it, how to advance. My name is Gene Fay, the CEO of ThreatX, an API and application security company, and the host of the Executive Security Podcast. Today, we're joined by SVP of Technology and Chief Information Security Officer at New American Funding, Jeff Farnich. Jeff, how are you today? Great, Gene. Pleasure to see you again. Yeah, nice to see you. Uh, for our listeners, uh, I consider uh, Jeff a longtime customer, a friend. He's the uh, one guy I can call and, and get a candid view of how we're doing or what's going on in the market. So uh, really excited to have you on the uh, show today. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, why don't we jump in and just if you want to tell us a little about your cybersecurity journey and you started with a finance degree. So how does one go from finance to running uh, security for uh, new American funding? Sure. So, uh, you know, I never planned to be in IT. My background in college, undergrad was at Cal Poly Pomona. So a business uh, focused finance and accounting minor. When I graduated uh, early, it was in the very early 90s. There were no jobs in finance and accounting. I mean, right. kind of there was a financial crash back then while the banks were consolidating. I'm the same age, so I remember those days. <laughs> During my last year in college, I was working for a manufacturing company. And back then, uh, you know, it was a thing called MRP, Manufacturing Resource Planning, which stays on as ERP. But uh, accounting ran the, uh, the single server, Compact Pro Alliance. So uh, as I was working there, kind of took ownership of that environment, all the PCs, was cabling Cat3, Cat5, and that kind of got my interest into uh, computers. And as time went on, uh, you know, got learned more about it. And I did take a detour in my career. Strangely enough, I became a general contractor a couple years out of college. Nice. Always grew up very handy. And I did that and I learned, you know, uh, even though the work was uh, challenging and interesting, uh, it was really hard to find quality uh, employees. One day I was back on campus and I saw some training for Novell CNA. And I thought, what is this? And I purchased the class, took a week-long training. And like two weeks later, I got a job actually as a full-time, I guess back then it was probably called a systems administrator. Yeah. And then uh, within a year, became an IT manager of a small movie company in Century City. Who I think the only major claim to fame they had was uh, they produced and owned The Lost Boys, which is a pretty cool uh, movie. Yeah. And then from there, just I just bounced around companies and stayed in management ever since. And uh, during my journey, uh, 20 plus years ago, is when I got my first security certification, SSB. Never officially wore the uh, security hat because there was no function 20 plus years ago, but uh, always had that responsibility as general IT. And as my career just progressed, focused more and more on security and and behold, uh, the last few years, you know, CISOs are uh, really, it's a hot field to be in, very exciting. It's got the board visibility, and now it's an area that companies uh, have to spend in. That's great. I think it's always an interesting uh, journey. Uh, the number of people that we talk to that started in that IT side of things, and uh, some even in, in the help desk side of things. So we always encourage our uh, listeners that are thinking to get about getting in and maybe having trouble getting in that direct path of getting right into a SOC or that type of role, to don't be afraid to take a slight detour into the IT side of the house. That, that's going to make you a better cybersecurity person no matter what. And it's a great way to show your skills, show your work ethic, show the velocity at which you can work. And uh, that'll open up opportunities because you know I'm sure you uh, are constantly poaching people from other parts of the IT staff to help you fight the fight. 
That's correct. And luckily, I manage and lead both the IT team and oh, security. Right. So it's really yeah, one, yeah. one team. So uh, I'd say most of my hires for the more lower level positions come directly from the, the help desk team. Right. Yeah. So that's awesome. Cool. And New American Funding was in the news uh, in a good way. Uh, you and your employers were listed on Forbes' list of most uh, cybersecure companies, which seems like a good thing, but uh, you think it also could be a little controversial. So I wonder what your thoughts are. Well, I never knew about this until over a week before it came out. My marketing team sent me email, hey, great news. We're going to do a whole campaign on this. I'm like, no, we are not going <laughs> to socialize this. We're not going to challenge actually, the outside world. <laughs> I was on PTO and I had really poor uh, internet service from Biostat where I was in the middle of the uh, Oregon fishing a couple of days. And so I wasn't thinking about it much, but I said, no, we're not going forward. Like, I soon found out, you know, it's really based upon uh, external tax service management and Really, security scorecard is uh, probably the one who really provided the details for this, the list. And it uh, turns out companies do not volunteer. They don't sign up for this. There's no process, nor can they get off it. Because, uh, hmm. you know, my marketing company actually, without me knowing, said, oh, we want to be off this list. And the response was, no, you can't be. Hmm. It's all public information. So it is what it is. Yeah. And, I mean, sure, it's great news, but I don't think any CISO wants to list it in, you know, the top uh, – 200, let alone, you know, being top 15, where I'm, right. you know, my company's at. But I do want to say I've been working on internal tax service management for three plus years with multiple vendors. I think of much like a credit score. You want to have scores from uh, two to three minimum vendors to understand mm. what your posture is. Right. But Forbes, in a way, you know, I semi partially applaud them for taking the initiative, but it could have been handled much better because it truly does not mean having a strong attack surface means you're the most secure because there's many more swim lanes you must take into sure. account. So it's, yeah, it's, it's not only really a, a true fair analysis. And really, large companies that have a very large attack surface, they have a hard time maintaining a, a strong score because, as I've seen, one single asset can bring down the score of the company. You only have thousands of assets. So it's, right. just a, it's not really a fair comparison. Yeah. I mean, by coincidence, I had dinner with uh, one of the VPs of sales at BlackKite, and I know the guys at BitSite and Security Scorecard. I think it's an interesting space overall because uh, you as a CISO are constantly looking for ways to evaluate your your vendors and partners and equally, you know, as a uh, service provider in the financial industry, you know, people are looking to ways to try to understand what your risk score is and and how to partner with you. So I think it's an interesting business model. It's, it's taken them a long time. I mean, probably, I think those guys have been out of 10, 12 years, uh, but it does seem to be really culminating in something rather interesting. But uh, as we're finding, it can be used in unique ways and, uh, and it can give uh, perceived safety net for people because scores are so high and equally, as you said, if somebody has one thing inadequate or you know, not inadequate according to score, and suddenly their whole score suffers. So it's a really interesting business model. Yeah, there's a lot of false positives. There's a lot of info workloads that you may have been tied to on time, but, you know, days later changes. And now it's tied to uh, <laughs> someone else. I remember having a, you know, a workload that said, hey, you've got an F score, but the server hosted by a university in Africa on AWS. It's like, that's not us. So yeah. really, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Now, I do think a Turnox tax source management is part of a program to measure because I, I do a lot of peer ranking in the mortgage industry. Right. Uh, when I first started, you know, we were on the lower end and then got to the middle and then the very high end. So I do use that as a gauge uh, as just one of my metrics to report to the, the board on. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just a plug for those companies. They're all well-funded, doing well. So for our listeners that are looking for a cool cybersecurity companies of varying sizes, Security Scorecard and BitSight and uh, BlackKite, all great companies. I, I know them well. They've got great culture. So I encourage our listeners to see what their job boards have and, and point them that way. Help us uh, fight the fight uh, from that angle. I made a jump back to the help desk you know, question that we were kind of thinking about, uh, that we were talking about, excuse me, in a few minutes ago. You said that you do pull people from the help desk into cybersecurity. So I guess what, in terms of your team interviewing people to get to the help desk, what are the things you guys are looking for there? And then why do you think somebody does make a great cybersecurity person coming out of help desk? Maybe you kind of think about those two things. Yeah, I think it's one, it's having the aptitude, some tough people about uh, background and knowledge, the interest and learning, because really on IT or cyber, you, ne- you never stop learning. It's constant improving your skills and knowledge. So I have a program here we kind of talk about where we have an SME. It's really, we call it Career Path Open House, where every few weeks we have one of the SMEs on my team to talk about how they got to where they are today. So that kind of is a good introduction on someone who had no experience in IT, who joined IT and had a career that progressed uh, to various levels. But, uh, you know, I have a team that supports the cloud, architecture, network, systems, as well as security. And security means SecOps, GRC, identity, and, and so on. So there's lots of opportunity for growth and careers. I think they're all pretty hot. Yeah. I'm a big proponent upon hiring from within whenever possible. Right. Well, I think you're just setting people up for an unbelievable career, right? Taking somebody that's entry level and junior, give them the chops to understand what help desk is about, which allows them to see, you know, quite a bit about how all things are interconnected because you can't help end users, not all desktop help, right? There's lots of different types of things they're going to help with. And then uh, setting them up to come over into an entry-level person position on the cyber team. And that following you around as, as you continue to grow your career uh, is going to be a great thing for them. But uh, equally, we always quote the number, right? 3.4 million positions, but yet we have this uh, in cybersecurity, but we have this enigma. Like we posted an open position and the listeners have heard me talk about this quite a bit, but we have hosted an entry-level SOC position and we got 4,000 applicants. So it's like our small company can attract 4,000 applicants. There's no shortage of people that want to get into cybersecurity. There's a massive shortage of skills. And then equally, our ability as hiring managers to kind of think about, can we take a risk? And I think the way that you're approaching is perfect, is point them toward the help desk as be the training ground for your organization. Yeah, and to add on, you know, my first start in American funding, I re- renamed the department with services. So it's called technology services because in the day, tech is a service function of a company. Yeah, we're going to provide uh, to enable the business not to slow it down. Yeah. So I think having that mindset about understanding customer support, understanding the experience of the user, and that just rolls over into you know how to provide security. We want to enable the business and not be the department of no, but be the department of yes. But how can we do it securely? Yeah, makes total sense. So for uh, you and your team, when you're looking at entry-level candidates, you know, last question, like, what are the things that our listeners need to display to show up on a great company like New American Funding? Well, it's really about being the right culture fit. New American Funding has a program called After 60. We have core values. 
you know, our whole message here is we want to serve the underserved and provide ownership to everyone in the country. Love it. Which has, you know, the various demographics that have been ignored and discriminated against in the past. So to as long as they align to that culture and the mission, then, you know, the skills could be learned. Yeah. Oh, I think that's well said. So, you know, tip number one, you know, Jeff said it, like, go to the website and learn about the company. So when you're interviewing and or when you're uh, trying to get an interview, you can talk about that culture and how you align to that culture. And then I'll hit on something that uh, maybe you want to pull on this string a little bit further, but you hit on that curiosity or that constant learning. Can you maybe talk to our listeners a little bit about how that's an important trait to show when you're thinking about getting into IT or, or cyber? Yeah, but going back to when I started in the old days, I mean, the only area of knowledge you could get was reading a book. These large books, very dry, very boring yeah. today. There's information everywhere. There's videos. Sure. So the ability to learn and grasp new concepts is available extensively in real time from any source. So it's yeah. unlimited what you could do these days. So I think the opportunity now to really improve your skills is uh, just un- it's so obtainable. Yeah, we've got no excuses, right? If you like to listen, well, hey, there's plenty of audiobooks. If you're a visual person but don't like to read, YouTube, right? And we just had a couple of guys on recently, you know, with I think one had half a million YouTube followers. The other one had 175,000. And these guys are pumping out content while still having a day job. So there's no reason why you can't be a learned person. And then I think about those that are unemployed right now and frustrated, like utilize this time to not only keep looking for a job, which should be your full-time job, but continue to learn, get another certification, show that you're, you're a learned person. And that's a great way to differentiate yourself uh, when you get the opportunity to meet with somebody like you, Jeff, or somebody on your team. Yeah, a great example I have is, so I visited my team in Austin Q1 last year and had lunch with the, the team. And, you know, of course, I know who they are, but I don't know about their background that much, what they're doing. And one gentleman just got out of college and he's on help desk for a year. And he said, hey, I have like two or three Amazon certs. I'm like, wait, hold on. So you have AWS certification and cloud and your job as help desk? He goes, yeah. I said, we need to talk because I'm trying to grow my cloud team. Right. So just taking that initiative yeah. really impressed me. And he's been a great add to the cloud team, learning Azure and other parts of our you know, growing cloud. Love it. Well, awesome, Jeff. Well, I knew it was going to be a great episode and it definitely was. So thank you very much for your time and your friendship and all your support for ThreadX. We appreciate it. As a reminder to our listeners looking to up their cybersecurity skills, you can get one year free of content from our cybersecurity training portal, ThreadX Academy, by using the promo code podcast. ThreadX Academy covers a wide variety of cybersecurity topics. You can learn more by visiting academy.threadx.com. We had uh, those 4,000 people that didn't get jobs at ThreadX. We sent them a promo code and we had, I think, 150 people just sign up yesterday. So we're super excited about that and love being able to share that free content with the industry. Also, you can check out a recent episode that we just released with the deputy CISO at HubSpot, Alyssa Robinson. The episode is called Finding Opportunity in, in Economic Downturn. And I think with everything that's going on right now, it's a good episode to check out. Uh, lastly, if you want to learn more about API and application security, please visit our website at threadx.com. Jeff, thanks again. Uh, we appreciate everything you do for us. And uh, it's just another thing that you, you always support us so well. So thank you so much. Great, Gene. Thank you. Value the partnership. Have a great day. Yeah.